Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Daniel's father picking a game for the centre backs to go into the top. The penalty area, and it's the. And Inter flips it up towards Harry Kane. Kane gets the shot and he's got the goal as well. And they can count on the captain yet again. There is the Champions League lifeline for Tottenham. Harry Kane delivers with 13 minutes to go. Spurs 1, PSV Eindhoven 1. And Davis can find a good one here. That's a better one. It's in towards Harry Kane who measured it. He's got it! He's in! Watching and waiting and hoping and then celebrating for Tottenham Hotspur. What a big goal that could be. Zoot can't believe it. Tottenham in dreamland. Spurs 2, PSV Eindhoven 1. On 558am, online, on your smart speaker and on digital radio. This is Love Sport. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season, Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs fans show on Love Sport. How ironic is that song? How ironic is that song? Good evening, uh, Ricky. Good evening, Jace. Jace has got his mic miles away from him. Ricky's mic is right down in front of him. I don't know what he's trying to do there. It looks like he's about to host some form of show. 
And uh, Lee McQueen's in the building as well. You get me. Yeah. Tanned up, loving life. I'm loving it, mate, honestly. Let's get these rocking the beard, well. I'm rocking the beard, man. I'm, I've got the beard, beard out. Of, uh, it's Movember. So I thought, why not get involved and, uh, you know, make an awareness campaign for Mo- Movember and also look sexy whilst doing it. <laughs> Aaron. But you know you've I mean? lost the Gazaniga look. Yeah, the Gazaniga look's going a bit. Well, it's because you lot kept saying I was the older version of Gazaniga. So <laughs> it was Gazaniga's dad. Yeah, I was Gazaniga's. I, I like to say older brother, but still. Uh, welcome to your Tottenham Hotspur fan show on Love Sport Radio with last word on Spurs. Plenty to talk about this week. And we start, of course, reviewing the Champions League game as the Late Late Show at Wembley on Tuesday night. Chaps, is it all about grinding out them results? Of course. I think in the past we've criticised the Spurs team for failing to get over the line for bottling it in the big games where pressure was on us and let's be honest about it the game against PSV was nothing other than you know massive to have to get the result and we've done it and that's the most important thing I don't care about the performance I don't care how we've done it the most important thing is we did do it and Harry Kane as always stepping up for Tottenham with two big big goals even though he might not get credited with them both I'm going to give them to him absolutely happy Look, I'm happy, and, uh, and you know some of the criticism we get, I just think is is craziness. I mean, we had, I think, think it was upwards of twenty plus shots. Uh, thirty, uh, I think. Uh, we had. Thirty, 30 shots, shots, ten on target. Absolutely battered. I don't know what I don't know what some people were watching. To be fair, all I saw was they scored within the first minute and then parked the bus for the rest of the game. Yeah, Gazaniga or Macaniga, as we should be calling him, <laughs> is uh, he had a couple of saves to make. But at the end of the day, we absolutely roasted him. Another day, it could have been six, couldn't it, Chase? Yeah, I thought we we uh, we played much better at, at football going forward. I mean, <coughs> perhaps the quality of our crossing, having having absolutely booted trips of late, he was <laughs> yes, you know the, the one game he wanted trips in to, to cross the ball, he wasn't there. But you know, I, I thought Harry Winks had a had an excellent game for us, and there there was a lot to to like about our football. And I thought we, we th- I mean, you know, when you look at the two games, if if we'd have not won either of those games, it would have been it would have been scandalous. Criminal, yeah, and, scandalous. And you kind of think, you know, we. we got a little bit of, of, of fortune with the, the winning goal but then having lost out on a goal out there that was perfectly alright then you think nope that's you know what comes around goes around and we did we totally deserved the, the three points now on our uh, on our running order this evening it talks about the booze for Lucas Moura I want to look at the element of game management and, and Mauricio Pochettino um, how pleased are you the way he managed the game towards the end obviously you know you're 1-0 down for a long 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 period of time chasing the game chasing the game chasing the game and, and creating and opportunities and and it was the late late show you had to wait for your winner um how pleased are you with the way Pochettino managed a game change a game made things happen for Spurs if you like off the field the thing is when we saw the lineup I think a lot of us were surprised by how attacking he went it almost was like he knew it was you know the final chance for Spurs to really kind of rescue the campaign. I think my only disappointment was Eric Lamella not starting, but then we have to kind of bear in mind that Lamella's played a lot of minutes for Spurs this season, so he's got to manage those carefully. And to be fair, you know, the boost towards the Mora substitution, I think Pochettino picked up on it himself that that's probably the first time he's actually heard the crowd, you know, on his back in what the five years he's been there. And what I love about Poch is just the guy's so humble. He's like, look, the fans come, they pay their money to come and watch me, and, you know, they're entitled to their opinion. But at the same time, he knows the supporters absolutely adore him as we do. And he got it right. That's the most important thing. He's there to make those decisions. He's paid the big money. He got it right. So spot on. Happy with that, Lee? 
Um, awkward from the fans' perspective. I think it was an absolutely spot-on decision, wasn't it? At the end of the day, um, you know, he did. We we've been on the, uh, on the show and obviously on the, on the last one on Spurs pod as well, talking about game management and we need to learn and we need to change. Potts needs some. He made some really good decisions. Uh, the decisions that he made in terms of substitution definitely affected the game. Uh, Levente, for one, I was surprised that he um, he affected the game as much as he did, but he he, he come on and he did affect the game in a positive way. And uh, you know. Um, He's magic, you know. He's Potichino. No, just, 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 uh, <laughs> I just love him. He's just I, in there, just like quietly, just like <laughs> looking away, he's thinking about it. I, no, I, I, personally, I was a little bit surprised that, that Lucas Moura went off, not Sonny, because I thought Sonny, Sonny oh. had made no impression on That's the game whatsoever. Point. And I, you know, for me, if one of the two was going to go off, it was Sonny because Lucas Moura, let's be fair, was for a lot of the game looked at. Our most attacking and our biggest threat, and I'm sure PSV were were happy to see him go off. But you know, he makes the the decisions. You, you know what I've always said about it. You know, with with tactical decisions, you never know what the other manager's thinking. He he had a plan up his sleeves. It worked. We got the three points. That's all that matters. And the the only thing he didn't do was cock his ear to the crowd like like yeah, the other clown last night who made the similar <laughs> type of uh, substitutions. I think I, th- I think Mourinho was well within his rights to do what he <laughs> just, did. J- just on that point about Sonny. You make a good point about actually about Sonny as well, but uh, Sonny and the Moore piece. Um, and I credit a friend of the the pod actually, Paul O'Keefe. He, he, mm. he talked uh, Twitter th- this week about Moore occupying the space that Kane occupies. Now you could, I mean, maybe it's too much analysis, too much uh, double thinking, but Moore occupying that space where Kane was or, or was uh, f- to score them goals wouldn't have scored the goals because Moore would have been there, and it That's might right. have been a slightly different thing. He, 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 I do think that Moore does occupy some of that pace. I do agree with Paul. So look. At the end of the day, like you said, we've got the three points and we've got the job done. And, and personally, for me, on a different day, we could have scored five or six easily. We battered, well, didn't well, we? Battered. The, the only thing on that, I mean, I, I saw that as a reason that perhaps it was more occupying the space. And I thought, yep, I can I can see that. So he, he allowed that space. But then with Lorente on there, that's exactly Lorente was yeah, occupying that yeah, space. And, and Lorente and the goal came from he that. Did, so, yeah, he did, yeah. But obviously, Lorente's a different type of player. And Lorente made a big impression on the night. Yeah, he certainly did. We're going to talk more for Fernando Llorente after a short pause uh, a few stories coming out in the uh, in the paper this evening especially in the independent that athletic Bilbao are trying to offer Fernando Llorente a way out of White Hart Lane we'd love to hear from you this evening on this uh, this matter do you want to see Llorente leave the club in January do you want to see someone else come in what do you want uh, from Spurs this January and uh, and going forward from Mauricio Pochettino it's 0208 70 25 at Love Sport Radio on Twitter Tuesdays are usually a drag, but Tuesday evenings on Love Sport are far from it. With the fan shows, this Tuesday from 7pm, we present the Spurs Fan Show with all the latest word from the Lily Whites and rumours erupting from North London's finest. Love Sport, 558am. And Harry, Harry and Potts were the two main people to sign and sign long contracts at the club. Nothing's changed. Because our manager and chairman don't say a lot, everyone has to make it up. So, what I'm saying is, get on with what it is. The fans are fine, by the way. They moan a little bit. All fans moan. All fans moan. Don't worry about it. They may moan when you're successful.
when it's ready, it's ready. I just think it was the expectancy was was was, was spied up, and for whatever reason it didn't get done. Yeah, but it will be done very soon. You see it every day on, on the social media. It, it looks magnificent. I'm sure it's not a long way off. And I, you know, I've certainly been informed, you know, in the, in the club that we're looking at February as a, as a start date. So it still gives us three months. If you look look at when we when we came out of there, it'll be 21 months to build a stadium of that size. On the same site. 21 months is fantastic. And the same site is wonderful, yeah. by the way. The infrastructure being done. It's just a great, it's a great thing for us to look forward to. Yeah, former Spurs man Paul Miller on Ian Stone's Comedy Breakfast, uh, where he spoke to Ian and Paul Mortimer. Mort is back tomorrow morning from 6.30 with former Watford and Brentford goalkeeper Richard Lee. Do join them on that one. Let's have a look at some of the papers this evening. Quite a baffling story coming out about advertising standards authority after Arsenal fans have complained about Tottenham's club stadium claims. We'll be talking about that a little bit later on. Are you, are you, are you quite all right there? Oh, sorry. He's been I was, back. I was looking Literally at the 14, 15 minutes. I was looking at the new stadium there, and it, and it just got a bit of the best of me. It looks amazing. Anyway, uh, Fernando Llorente has reiterated his desire to leave Tottenham for uh, La Liga. Return that one by Joe Christian in the Evening Standard, uh, which says that uh, well, he, Fernando Llorente has said he would jump another chance to return to Spain after struggling to hold down a first team starting spot. He played for, of course, Athletic Bilbao and Sevilla before moving to the Premier League with Swansea. He's revealed he would love to go back to Spain. He's been limited to just 18 Premier League appearances since arriving in North London has been used off the bench by Mauricio Pochettino in recent weeks. What do you make of this story? Fernando Llorente obviously just wanting out. He's frustrated at the fact that he isn't going to get a starting But Is he good enough for Spurs? Do you know what the funny thing is, Aaron? I'll be honest with you. When we discussed Llorente on this show, maybe, and I'm guilty of this myself, I don't give the guy enough credit for you know the stats out there. You know, he started 11 games, scored five goals, made two assists. You know, minutes played, I think he's played around 1,226 minutes, equating to around 12 and a half games. And I think the argument is, and Jason, me and you have debated this many times, that maybe with Spurs, we don't always play to the guy's advantage. You know, when he does come onto the field, we should be putting balls in the box for him to, you know, get on the end of, headers from crosses. But we don't seem to play that way. When Lorente comes on, we seem to drill the ball, the ball low into the box, Lee. Do you get my point? hundred percent. We've said it before. And, you know, there's the whole plan A, plan B situation. You've got Lorente coming on as a plan B, inverted commas, then ultimately um, play to his strengths. And we don't seem to do that. And maybe that's down to the philosophy and the beliefs and the still plan out. But the, at the end of the day, I think, you, well, you saw it the other night against PSV. You know, I'm not saying it was necessarily a long ball into the box, but it was kind of a long ball into the box. And he had a knockdown and we <laughs> and we score. You know, and, and you also say, and I, and I, and, and I mentioned this as well uh, at the weekend, you know, uh, um, when um, um, when, we, when Harry scored, uh, you know, long ball upfield, bang, sc- back in the net, you know, and you know, and it's so so so. It, I think having a plan B is totally effective if you use it, but Lorente is ineffective if you're not using him into his strength. Surely. How good was his finish against West Ham, though? Oh, great goal! That was a great goal, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hit that on the cushion volley, wasn't mm. it? Didn't lash at it, and um, just that that little bit of using his body strength to to get in front of the guy. So. We know what he's good at, Lorente. It's just that 
you know, do, do Tottenham, you're right. Do Tottenham really play to his strengths when he comes on? And, and I suppose, I mean, when you when you ask, is he good enough? Do I do I see Fernando Lorente? And in the event that Harry Kane was injured for twenty games, we're far more likely to still go with Son up front than we are with with Fernando Lorente. Uh, with, uh, so, sorry, no, go on, go on. just on that point, I think that's that's uh, absolutely spot on. And and the thing with that is, how many times have we heard and we know as fans, and you heard in the um, you know in, in the in the football arena if you like, that strikers play with confidence and you've got to have confidence to play well. How are you going to have confidence when you know you're the second striker, yet he won't play you when Harry Kane's injured because he'll play somebody else instead um, who, who isn't almost a main striker, Rick? Do you know what I mean? I agree. And the argument, again, is comes on, affects the game the other night, yeah. and he's most likely to be back on the bench again. Well, uh, if he's lucky. If, if he's, he's lucky. That's if he's lucky. You're right. Yeah. That's if he's lucky. In terms of Lorente, is he good enough to go and play for another Premier League club? I mean, you know, c- c- could he go and... We've got a Fulham fan outside. Would you want Fulano <laughs> Llorente in, uh, in, in, in your starting level? You've got Alexander Mitrovic, but would, would yeah. Llorente do a job for you? I don't think he would displace Mitrovic from the side, but I mean, anything's better than a Bubakar Kamara off the bench. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, so even, for, even Fulham wouldn't have him starting line-up, to be fair, Aaron, so that probably tells you... All, is he, all is he not, is he not good enough for the Premier League? We'll, we'll get a oh, come on, yeah, you know what I'm talking on, about. Is he, is he good enough. enough for a top eight, top ten no, team? No, no, of course no, not. No, no, no. no. Maybe West Ham. Oh, no, sorry, you said top eight. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, yeah, so it looks like uh, Fernando Llorente may be saying bye-bye to uh, to Wembley fairly soon enough. Um, let's talk Harry Kane. Um, and, and, Ricky, you've posed a, a listener question. I believe, I, I don't know who it's from, but is uh, it's to do with Harry Kane and, and, and becoming one of Spurs' greatest ever players. Well, that's actually a thing that I wanted to bring to the table. We've got loads of listener questions here, so we'll definitely get around to answering some of these, hopefully after the break. But just on Kane, I just wondered, Lee, I'll probably ask you this one. I mean, for me, if he stays at Spurs, and you look at the amount of goals he's scoring, the ratio he's scoring them in, I think he's going to be our greatest ever player. Hundred uh, percent. Uh, I mean, thir- thirteen prim- uh, sorry, thirteen Champions and Golden f- uh, goals in fourteen appearances mm. already in the Champions League. You know, the, the ratio. To, I mean, I, I, in fact, I was uh, I was looking at and admiring, if I'm honest, um, Sergio Aguero uh, this week because uh, didn't he last weekend score 150 Premier League goals? Right, I think yeah. he's uh, the second fastest or whatever behind Alan Shearer. And I was just looking at mine, thinking, no fair play to him. Clap, clap. But Kane's going to take that right off you in, the, in literally probably what in the next season maybe. Mm. I mean, you know, he the rate of how he scores and what he's doing is utterly phenomenal. And the guy is uh, he's one of our own. You can't say any much more than that, can you? He's outstanding. For me, it's it's a difficult one. He'll go on to be our great, certainly the greatest player that we'll have ever seen, possibly. But I think those that that saw that double side will will never divert from mm. Dave Mackay being our greatest player and mm. the, the likes of Danny Blanchflowers and those so you know f- but football's entirely different era I don't think you can ever compare one to the other and you know I was lucky enough to watch Glenn Oddle and I was lucky enough yeah, to yeah. see Diego Maradona play for Spurs yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know he's, he's still got some way to go to be better no, than Diego uh, actually just to uh, just to pick on your point there Jace it is, it is a good one I mean it, it I suppose it does depend in the end on who uh, if we win stuff or when we go on to win trophies and that sort of stuff because for, for me, in the modern era, he will be our greatest player in a sense of individual accolades. Uh, but actually, do you only get recognised as an absolute great like what you, like Dave Mackay when you're winning doubles and winning trophies, and mm. you know, and that kind of brings out all that debate back in as well. But you know, there's no there's no question that guy is utterly world class and, and, and he's, we're lucky to have him. But joy is about the game against PSV. You're looking for someone there in that last 10-15 minutes to stand up, 
be a leader, you know, make yourself counted, and that's what Kane does. You know, he, he kind of took that game by the scruff of the neck in a game that we're like we're going to lose one 0 He's turned it on its head, and contrary to what maybe Jay thinks, we'll come on to it later. I still think we have a fighting chance. Just we're alive and yeah, kicking. Yeah, yeah. We are yeah. alive and kicking. Uh, so, uh, j- again, just going back to that, that whole Kane thing. Do you know what strikes me? I don't know if uh, our listeners agree or, or you guys agree as well. Is that now when Kane scores, it's almost like oh yeah. He, he scored. Do you, do you get what I mean? Like a couple of seasons ago, in the 16, 15, 16 mm. season, when Kane scored, you had the whole team running after him. Yeah. It was like, oh my, uh, it was amazing. It was, but now it's kind of like, oh just yeah, it's just what he's doing. Yeah, it's just expected. Yeah, it's totally. Expected. Expected. It's totally yeah, it really is. And it wasn't a surprise that. I, the PSV game for me was one of them games where I wasn't worried about winning because I knew that we would. Like, I just knew that we would score. We, we had so much a, a chance of the ball, and it was just inevitable that, that it was Kane that done it. The surprise for him was that was the reaction to the goal that he wasn't trying to g everyone up to to say right come on let's go he was actually trying to calm everyone down it like was actually we've now mean. got time yeah. we've got time don't don't panic balls don't just hit and hope balls yeah. let's play our way through you could see him calming everyone yeah. down and don't, don't, that was important don't concede straight away after yeah, score and that's another one isn't I mean it? I have my question marks over over Harry Kane in the summer when he was sort of named England captain was was charged with leading the club but. After watching, you know, these tunnel cams and whatnot, mm. where you get a fascinating insight into things, I really like him. You really like him as a person. You think, you know what, he, he's a good leader. He's just a lovely guy. And on and off the pitch, he's just such, he looks like such a sound guy. He's a family man. He's, you know, got got kids, hasn't he now? And he's, two, he's, yeah. he's married. And I just think, you look at Kane, he's just, for me, the perfect footballer. If you, if you, you know, eulogise and you look at someone who you want to kind of look up to and you think a perfect footballer, Harry Kane just is that person. Would you agree with that? Well, with maybe Gazaniga's head. Or eyes. Or eyes. <laughs> Gazaniga's eyes. <laughs> Go on, Rick. Chase Chase will still be saying Dave Mackay, won't you? <laughs> Dave, Dave Mackay was Eric, a real role Eric, model, Eric the Viking, pal. Eric <laughs> the Viking. Uh, 7.21, this is Love Sport Radio with your Tottenham Hotspur fan show. Tonight, we're going to be asking your listener questions. Uh, get them in at Love Sport Radio on Twitter, at Last Word on Spurs. We're going to be talking to uh, Michael Bridge, Sky Sports Journalist, at around half seven tonight. We've got the opposition view coming up with Rob Warlow from Football.London as well, talking all things Crystal Palace. But we want to get you involved. 0208 and we'll have some of your questions next. Love sports. Yeah, this tune has got uh, has got Lee with the old yeah. pelvic thrust. How much have we missed him in the in the studio dancing? The pelvic thrust. We've got some, we've got <laughs> some pelvic thrust mixed in with a bit of shaky wakey, you know. I mean, look, it's not quite Friday or Saturday night, but you know that's very very hot. It's getting a bit hot under the collar in it. It is, mate. Uh, time for your list of questions. Yes, let's go let's for it. it. So we've got, we, we've got a whole load in again, haven't we? We have. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for getting into your questions to us every single week. So the question in for this week is from I'm going to find it again. Jamie at Yoshi Swagger says, Do you now think that Gazaniga has shown his talent that he should be pushing for the first team? Maybe starting with the easier Premier League games to keep Hugo on his toes. Well, I think Gazaniga's showing, isn't he, that um, he's giving Hugo some real competition. I'm not too sure for me yet if he's ready to be an established number one. But, I mean, if he keeps up the form he's on at the moment, it's hard to kind of disagree that he... Um, 
He'll keep on pushing Hugo for sure, and he's definitely going to be the club's now number two. Yeah, I think so. He's uh, he's established himself over Vaughn. Vaughn apparently threw a bit of a strop the other night. Vaughn yeah. sitting so on I, the bench. So I heard. He was fed up sitting yeah, on the bench. Right. And, well, you know, you're sitting on the bench for a reason. You're not good enough. So that's that's why. <laughs> um, but yeah, Gazanigo's, Gazanigo's come in, done, done what he was needed to do. So apart from the Cruyff turn, that I didn't enjoy too much, I have to oh, say. Yeah, yeah. That was a good worry. It. Hugo, would never, it. Hugo would never try that. No, he tried it in a World Cup final, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, 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 I I think we're missing eccentricity from keepers, but that's the thing. You know, like back in the day, Bruce Wobbler. Fa- well, forget that, mate. Schmikes, Fabian Bartes was 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 key for it. You know, and <laughs> that's part of the reason I absolutely loved him. Is uh, oh, what's the big gone? Jack it up a bit. Lee wants to still dance. Come on, don't, still don't, don't be shy. Whenever, don't, don't be don't shy. About that. Bring it up a bit. That's ah, oh, lovely. The, the Fabian Bartes. Fabian he, he Bartes. He was just rubbish, though, wasn't he? No, he went Ian Walker. Oh, Ian Walker Saxon. would smile when he conceded and just push his hair back <laughs> a bit. What was that about? Push his hair back a but bit. But why would you smile it's when you great concede? Great goalkeeping. Great goalkeeping. He had that terrible shirt, that blue and orange striped one. Hewlett <laughs> Packard pony. Do you remember it? It was, mate. It's a bit like your trainers today, son. Look, we're all looking at like Ian Walker's shirt, training, mate. That is, they weren't pony, but they looked like uh, Ian Walker's shirt. Pony was the brand. Let's get back to listeners' questions. We've got so many to get through, so just having a quick look. I've got a perfect one here uh, from Monroe at one three two zero in Columbus. Is Sonny back in the starting eleven for good? I always think at uh, Tottenham is better off with him on the pitch. Um, I know what you think, guys, but I think again it's a nurturing piece because we've got another question in from uh, uh, from from Willie. Uh, hello, Willie. Um, is that is it Potts using Son sparingly because he looks excellent in the ball but again it's that sparingly they're using him because he's, they're bringing him back in slowly as they can and people say about depth of squad but we can afford to almost do that nowadays can't we guys because we've got the Mora Lamellas being so fantastic Ericsson Deli Alli coming back into the side so I think sparingly and, and using Son I want to see him in the starting level he's good enough to be but he just needs to probably get his fitness levels back I agree I think Sonny's just going through that form at the moment. He's still trying to find his feet. Let's not forget, he was away in those Asian games. I think yeah, took, exactly. He took a lot of them, Jason, didn't he? Those Asian yeah, games. I, I think emotionally and, and mentally as much as anything else. But uh, And he'll, he'll probably, he may well go again in January, let's be fair, So uh, because it's Asian Cup time. So we just need that Sonny to get again? back to his consistent... Yeah, Asian oh, Cup, not blimey. Asian Games, Asian Cup. Blimey. This is a bit more like the Euros for, for Asia rather yeah, yeah, than yeah, yeah. the Olympics for Asia type of thing. But... Um, yeah, he needs that consistency back, but we saw glimpses of it, well, more than glimpses of it at West Ham, didn't we? And we you did. thought, that that's the Sonny we want in the side. Exactly. Strange thing at Wolves, wasn't it? Came well, on in the second minute, went off after, what, uh, again, 60 but minutes? He did, but, but again, that was a fitness thing. That's presumably where, to keep uh, him for was. That. I think he got an assist again at Wolves as well, didn't he? I think he, yeah, he or certainly involved in as well. Goals. So, you know, he's always in and around his energy. And look, all you've got to do is get get a picture of him. I think I saw this on Twitter. Get a picture of Sonny smiling. It always makes you smile. It, it does brighten up It generally does. Two winners against yeah, yeah, two winners against yeah, Palace with yeah. Palace to come at the weekend I'm, so. I, I'm a listener slash contributor and I have a question can I still ask my question you can Aaron. yeah go on yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the latest on Moussa Dembele's ankle? It's January. Not, it's not good, yeah, is not it? Not good at all. Not good. Did not look good, did January. he? Yeah, did no. not look good. Yeah, no. six, I think he's out six weeks and yeah. he came back January. It was definitely ligaments that were torn in the ankle. So it's going to be a lot of work for for Harry Winks to get through. And uh, again, I know we're talking about listeners' listen questions, but and we'll probably talk about Winks here a bit later. But he's even playing a deeper, deeper line midfield role now, isn't he? Because of the the Wanyamas and the Eric Dyers have been out, and now Dembele's out as well. It's tough. 
tough spell. Step and up, Musa Sissoko. Well, exactly. It's a case of if it people is. are tweeting out, why is Musa Sissoko playing? That's, that's the obvious reason. Um, I think we've got time for one more question, if you want to ask one it. More. Yeah, I've got one from Mark Butcher here. Thought the better team deserved the win, especially after what happened in Holland. My issue is fullbacks, how they've become a real issue of concern. We're costing us goals and unsettling the central defenders, and also they can't cross a ball the whole game. Um, I saw Ricky's tweet about that the other day about the fullbacks. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I made my point there. I just don't think Spurs have ever progressed from when we had Danny Rose in that 15-16 season and Kyle Walker. I know Kyle Walker had a brain fart. Do you know the reason why Lee's smiling? I definitely remember your first show you ever did with me, Lee. Mm. You said about Walker. Do you remember me saying you were concerned about him going and how we're going to fill that void? And here we are, two, three seasons on. Yeah. We still haven't, voided, we still haven't filled the void, Jase, have we? No, not at all. And every single one of our fullbacks is a part. I mean... Trips display at Wolves was was absolutely disgraceful, despite his assist. Aurier, I mean, he, he had one of those brain moments, didn't he? Where he did, decided he'd allow the ball to go out for a corner. Just, just. <laughs> thought, it is Aurier. Is he, it is so. he also tried a nutmeg on a defender on the edge of the box, but got away with it. But uh, yeah, the quality of crossing from from him, and yet, all right, we eventually score from Davis's cross. But none of our four fullbacks are anywhere near good enough for what we what we really need them to be. And I mean, the, the best pair for me at the moment is Robertson and Alexander Arnold, who both look terrific fullbacks. Hey, nothing wrong with the veterans club of Valencia and Young. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, it's, it's really weird actually on the fullbacks in our way because I've got a bit of a theory. It's not just on the fullbacks, but when we when we look at Potocino, and we've we've constantly said this before on this show and on the pod as well and we've talked about it through, through, through Twitter listeners' questions about the, the ability for Pochino to get the best fullbacks turn Ben Davis into you know a fantastic fullback if you actually look at Ben Davis's stats they're very very strong very strong even from this season as well and actually Poch came out this week and talked about how well Ben Davis has a- actually played um, I, I think he's obviously trying to protect the player there but my theory is this in the games that we've played, this might be and this might be a shock to to to, uh, to you guys and the listeners. We've only actually played the same back five or the same personnel in the back five once. That's a problem, though, isn't it? That that's is the, the problem. problem. It yeah, is it's constant. It's not consistency, don't you? Hundred percent. You know, if, think about this. We've now got Toby and Davison playing together. None of them are left-sided centre backs. Mm. That is going to have an unbalancing situation with with either of your fullbacks. You know, so, sorry, you've got Trippier, who's been brilliant last year got into England squad all that sort of stuff blah 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 playing alongside somebody different to who he's now playing alongside the whole season last year he was playing alongside Davison so uh, and all of a sudden now Davison has uh, moved across Yan the left sided centre back's injured you've got Davis coming in who's who's been uncertain there's been so many changes we've had, I've said it before on the show throwing different goalkeepers and now we're throwing different goalkeepers Jace. we've had three different Breaking goalkeepers it all constantly so, yeah so, so when you look at that as a defensive unit that has to be something to do with it consistently Consistency, confidence it's the, it's the two C's here we'll think of another one but you know it is, it is a you know it is a consistent piece if we can get the guys back fit then the, and, and getting them playing in the right way he's switched from a, a back four to a back three the fullback you know you could argue that Trippier suits uh, um, uh, uh, playing with a back three because ultimately you don't have to defend and we don't want him to defend you know we talk about Ore not being able to cross we can't have it both ways because when Trippier's on the ball he can cross fantastically I mean the ball that you put in for Mora Moore's head at the um, at the weekend was absolutely outstanding. Um, so you know, you look at all of them factors, and that that's the reason why I think it's not just an individual; it's a collective. I, this is such an outsider thing to say, um, and you, you may disagree. You, you may agree with me. If they get relegated, and I think they will, uh, I'd go for Bert- I'll go for Bertrand at Southampton. It's a good yeah. I, I agree. Really like good him. fullback. 
Yeah, I think he's, he's the best of, a, of of what is a really, really poor bunch. They binned off Les Reed yesterday. Did you see that, Southampton? Really? They binned off really? Les Reed. Wow. wow. So, so, and, and I think that's, that's got nothing to do with him. I think it's got to do with the, the, the Chinese owners, though, mm. who haven't got a clue what they are doing. Uh, wow. We are going to be talking next to Michael Bridge, Sky Sports Journalist. He joins us next on Love Sport Radio on your Tottenham Hotspur fan show. This is Love Sport. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with Last Word on Spurs. Let's cross over and talk to now Sky Sports Journalist Michael Bridge. Michael, good evening. Good evening. How are you, pal? You well? Uh, yeah, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I'm here with uh, Ricky, Jace and Lee. Um, How you doing, Mike? You all right? Oh, Mike. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry mate sorry I've, I've chucked you right in it um, first really? and foremost yeah, let's let's talk about the win against PSV Spurs showing that you know they can win 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 ugly if you like they can they can grit down and, and, and grab a result uh, at the death if need be to be honest with you I think they've won ugly all season you know it's it's the Spurs who've not really seen they've not um, someone asked me in the week who's my player of the year so far and scratching my head to be honest so um, you know they're not playing brilliant on the pitch but they're getting results um, it was a must win game against PSV the real killer for me was when Inter scored so it, 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 it's, it killed my enthusiasm so when Harry Kane scored I wouldn't, wasn't cheering as much as I would have done but even so it was a good comeback it's a difficult game because PSV got the, got the early goal um, and it's, it's funny really they've they dominated PSV for both games and they've only got one extra goal to show for it so uh you know, I'm looking at this Champions League campaign with huge frustration. It, there's, there's, a, there's some excitement going into the last two games, sure. Like got, they know what they've got to do now. But it will be one of the the great stories if Spurs can pull it off, because it's, it's a real tough ask. Got to ask you, Mike. Ricky, how are you doing? You well? Hello, mate. Hello. Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. Good, good. Mike, what do you make of our start into games in the Champions League? We just seem to not be there at the ready in terms of switching off. Do you think, what do you put it down to? Because you'd think players uh, from going at the kickoff, that should be where they're most clued up and switched on. Yeah, it seems to be the start and end, though, doesn't it? Because, like, Inter Milan, um, if we were at the Inter Milan game, I was really taken aback by the crowd because they've had poor crowds over the last mm. few years into Milan and they had a full house for that game and they're really up for it which I think we were taken aback by that and it was the last few minutes at PSV and Inter that really annoyed me um, do you know what at the moment it's tough because when you're in the Europa League you play Thursday, Sunday so the Thursday seems to be sorry the Sunday seems to be the real slog and players need to wake up we seem to have it on the other way around in the Champions League that we've just played like a real tough Saturday match and then we can get a Tuesday game and they do come along so quick. And, you know, the squad is stretching. The injuries are coming on now. There's been a lot of injuries, a lot of tired players. And it's just been, a, it's just been one of those campaigns so far. I, I don't think there's anything too much to worry about in the sense of slow starts in the, in the Champions League. I just think there's, there's been errors throughout the season so far. And I just think in the Champions League, you, you, you don't get away with them as much as you do in the Premier League. Because in the Premier League... The six is really pulling away now. Like, like I think I said to you, you and the guys a, a few months back. You did you yeah, on the show? Mike. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. Yeah, Chase, what do you think? Yeah, I just you know, but it is, isn't it? It's one minute v Barcelona, one minute v PSV. Don't forget, Liverpool scored inside a minute against mm-hmm. us at Wembley, but it was just about ruled off for offside. City were what, one nil up in what four minutes? That's right. Yeah, we saw it last year, didn't we? Juve in the in the game in Turin were scored in the opening minute. 
I think Sane hit the post in the opening minute at Wembley last season. I mean, you know, for one minute, it's it's ridiculous how we we seemingly so open in that very first minute of games. And okay, this is my corner, but the fact that we were open straight up down the side and concede a corner in the first minute, we're instantly on the back foot, and you know that shouldn't be happening. That's for sure. Would you make Mike? You know the fullbacks at the moment. I don't. Know if you, I, I tweeted a couple of days ago that for me, I don't think Spurs have actually ever kind of recovered from losing that Danny Rose of fifteen sixteen. Obviously, we hope he can get back to those standards, and obviously Kyle Walker. What, what do you make of the current fullback situation at Spurs? Would that be an area that you hope the club may look to improve in the upcoming windows? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you lose the Rose and Walker of those years, I mean, I mean, if you Walker, Toby. Yeah, and the Tongan Danny Rose, you'd say championship winning back four. It was so good. You can see why we, we went so close with that back four. And, you know, I, I don't want to pick on, I hate picking on individuals. I really do because I think they're all so likeable. But let's, no, one, no one should be comparing Kieran Trippier and, and, and Carl Walker. I mean, I mean, Kieran's had a bad, bad month, I think. Uh, and it, it's hard because now he's back in the England squad. And again, no rest, no rest. Eric Dyer's in today, I noticed. No rest. Deli Ali, no rest. And I'm, I'm getting a bit concerned now. Uh, and I, while I'm proud of these players, I'm, I, w- I do wonder whether Sir Alex Ferguson would accept this. I mean, it's, it's a wait-and-see job granted because you never know. You know, the likes of um, Eric Dye and Delhi might have to pull out this week. But I'm starting to get a bit concerned about these games. Uh, Kieran Trippier's making mistakes. He's really poor at Wolves. Uh, yeah, it's unfair he got criticised. I'd probably blame Kieran for the first penalty incident. Mm. Yeah. And then Manchester yeah. City... It was no man's land. I, I just the problem we've got as well is that I can't look at Serge Orion and say just stick him in for a few games because he worries me. <laughs> Carl Walker Peters is very consistent, but I, at the end of the day, Maurizio sees them a lot more than mm-hmm. us. So I can't yeah. say it's a disgrace that Carl Walker Peters isn't starting in certain games because I don't see him in training. He might be doing things that where Potch said that guy is not ready yet. So I can't stat- sit here and say he has to start playing. But it is becoming a bit of a concern. And it's a, last season, last game of the season, it was a bit of a crazy game, admittedly. But on that Wembley pitch, you saw that you saw the bit of the old Danny Rose in that game. Did. That was mm. a Danny Rose saying, I've got a World Cup coming up. He was absolutely outstanding. And in our system, and in any system now, you need a, a rapid fullback. So that is somewhere I would, I mean, as I said before to you, Ricky, mm. central midfield, they should have got, yeah. they should have sorted true, that out somewhere, and they didn't. Mm. They, they're bound to do it again because. I wouldn't surprise me if Dembele's played his last game for the club. I, I, I'll go that. I'll go that far really? because that, that's a bad injury, uh, and you don't know what might happen in January. But the fallback system does situation does need to be addressed. I, it's remarkable how well we do really when we when we lose players like Walker. We don't give Posh enough credit, do we? Sometimes, Mike, for how he's coping no. with his squad under the pressure he's no. under. No stadium, multiple injuries, players back from a World Cup. It's incredible, isn't it, the job he's doing? I said, I think I said, I've been saying to people as well, if they get in the top four this season, it's arguably better than when they finished third last season at Wembley and even second the year before. The uncertainty, it's amazing. You know, it sounds as if we're in a crisis when you listen to <laughs> it. Cra- it's crazy, isn't it? It totally does. It feels yeah. like yeah, it. Yeah, then the club, the club are fourth at the moment. Now, admittedly, I know, I, I, I did think everyone went a bit over the top on Arsenal's wins but on the flip side they probably would have lost one or two last season they've got that energy back they've got a bit of drive back which is fine so that they are a contender people wrote off Man U the other week after losing to West Ham nonsense they'll be in with it so it's tough for Spurs and I know people are divided about the Europa League 
But I do think if Tottenham come third, which I think they will in the Champions League, if I'm being realistic, mm. that means there's a lot of games after Christmas. <laughs> and I do wonder, because uh, I want to see Tottenham <laughs> forgetting that poster which has gone round all, all London. <laughs> I do want to see Tottenham play in that new stadium in the Champions League. I don't want to see them play FC Spartak Blogger Dynamo Donuts. Next year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so... I want, I hey, Spartak are giving Rangers a good game tonight, I'll have you know, pal. Well, <laughs> I, I am actually watching that game, yeah. So, I mean, so the top, the, I would like to see Spurs in Champions League. I know there's been a trophy a trophy route. I just think at the moment, I'm being realistic, I think the Europa League campaign for Tottenham this season could really stretch them and it might have a detrimental effect on the league. Okay, that's just my opinion. People want to yeah. go for everything. That's fine. That's, that's your opinion. But after Christmas, the games come thick and fast. And Spurs also have a tendency to draw with every League Two side under yeah. the sun, which results in a bloody replay. So it's going to be a... Watchdale, baby. Post. <laughs> so, yeah, Newport. Exactly. So it, could be, it could be a tough, tough, tough uh, second half of the season. But it, that's me. Look, I'm going, look, I'm, I'm going gloomy again. I'm no, you don't gloomy. mean to, Mike. We know what you, you know, mean. I, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm still proud of them, you know, and... It's been good so far, given what everything what we have to endure on, online. You'd think the 16th, wouldn't you? I know, it's well, quite, well that's online. In relegation. Mike, how you doing? It's <laughs> Lee here, mate. How are you? Hi, mate. Yeah, good, yeah, thank good, you. good. I just want to pick up on the point you mentioned about the fullbacks and stuff like that. I just said uh, on air just before you came on about kind of how many times this season, I know we're talking kind of Champions League as well, but in the Premier League alone, we is actually only fielded the same combination of a back four stroke five once. Every other time it's been changed because of all of the points you've just made. So, so do you think that's having a knock on effect on the fullbacks' um, uh, performances as well? I, I, I think so. I think you know, you, every. Def- I think more, more than any position, if you want to get a rhythm, it'd be at the back. Mm. Um, you know, we've been unlucky. Vertonghen's out. I think everyone forgets sometimes get how good and consistent Jan Vertonghen is when we've gone through the whole Toby situation last few years. Toby, when fit, for me, is the best. But Jan Vertonghen, in all the years he's been at Tottenham, has, has rarely ever made a mistake. And maybe we've we've not really appreciated him enough at Tottenham and how good he actually is because. As much as I like David Sanchez, and we know Poch does, there's still a little ricket in him, which is understandable. So, if, you know, <laughs> Wolves, when he came on Wolves last weekend, for, for example, yeah, I mean, that exactly. could have been another penalty, couldn't it? Yeah. But, but I, 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 see, me personally, I'm, not, I'm never keen on bringing on defenders late in the game. I think it takes them a long yeah, time to warm up. I agree. But that's just my opinion. No, so, I, I, I agree with that. And, and the point you make about um, uh, Jan as well, I mean, we, we've said so many times he's a Rolls Royce of a defender. And actually, when, uh, when you pick out the, the back four that you mentioned before with Danny Rose and uh, Walker with Jan and Toby at the back, I think we had the best defensive record in the Premier League that year I, I think from, from, from memory when, when you look at Jan last year he started to step out so much more as well and kind of read the game he was on the front foot I remember actually watching it on MNF um, la- I think it was the last season season before and, uh, and Carragher done a big uh, big piece on how Jan was always kind of on the front foot rather than being on the back foot in this, in the, uh, as a central defender and half make a difference and actually now we've lost him and we've lost that element of it as well Toby's playing in an area that you don't really want to play in on the left-hand side or on the right-hand side because of we haven't got a left-sided central defender. So that's going to have to um, be compensated on the full-back side. I've, of things, well, the other thing I've always said about Jan is that he knows where to make a foul. Yeah, it's, that's true, it's, actually. It's, it's part of yeah. his game that, that nobody really picks game up Game management on, but, we talk about. But he knows where yeah. and when he can make a foul and get away with it and just break the rhythm up. And, you know, that's been called into question, uh, not question, hasn't it? It's been the subject of discussion with Fernandinho. 
Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's also worth mentioning as well that the fact that Spurs have played with three different goalkeepers this season. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. Under Pochettino, you know, he likes his goalkeeper to, to play with the ball at the back. Now, as much as I love Gazaniga, he doesn't really seem too confident yet of playing the ball at the back. What about that Cruyff turn, Mike? You don't enjoy that? Ah, yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's a gift all day long, isn't it? But, I mean, that, but he, he is getting used to that system as well. Um, the fans love him, and, I, you know, we, no, no surprise he's done fantastic, but they are used to Hugo Lloris. So if you change your goalkeeper as well, again, the defence, they just they get having to get used to this the, the, a new goalkeeper at the back. Yeah, so, again, I don't want to be too critical of any individual because it is tough. And, then, and you're trying to work out a system on the training field, but you're playing Saturday, you, you, you either have a warm-down Sunday or you have a rest. Then, on the Monday, you might be flying to Italy or, or, or Holland. So, it is tough. Um, so, I, I say, I don't want to be overly critical, but, and in, and in fact, I, I, I give them full credit for the way that they stood in the League Cup. Um, mm. They had a fighting chance in the Champions League. They've had a few errors. And, and in, in the Premier League, they've been pretty consistent. Mike, looking ahead to the game at the, uh, the weekend, Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park, is that a potential banana skin in your, uh, in your opinion, or do you expect Spurs to be beating them uh, pretty convincingly? I think it's a really, really tough game. Uh, I mean, I, I do a lot of work for Crystal Palace uh, for Sky, and uh, you know, I go down there quite a lot. Now, the only thing I, I think will be in Tottenham's favour, Palace fans have got a dispute with the club at the moment. Like, do you remember they have that sort of scene section where it's a bit like the Bundesliga, where they just stand up on the fans? The fanatics. But, yeah, that's the one. That, that's gone this season, and, and I'm not saying that that is the reason. But they, Palace First Park's been really quiet this season, which I'm not used to. Um, and their home form's been poor. The things I'd say about Crystal Palace, they lack a real striker. Benteke's still injured. Soloff isn't good enough. And they're really over-reliant on Wilfred Zaha. If Tottenham keep Wilfred Zaha quiet, Tottenham win. That's, that's, that's how much I rate Wilfred Zaha. Um, but it's a tough game. It's, a, it's on a TV for a reason. It's a Saturday night game. They'll be up for it. So it's a tough game. It's under However, the lights, isn't it, Mike, to be fair? And that's one oh, of the yeah. things under lights at Selhurst Great. Park's Every, tough. Every, Everyone will love to go. Everyone loves to sort of like, you know, everyone's been to the pub, had a few drinks. It, yeah, you know, and Tottenham will do very well to get three points. A scrappy win will do me. But what I was, so it sort of goes back to my point earlier. It's like Hugo hasn't you know, been there. Yeah. <laughs> I was top, Tottenham have won 11 and lost, uh, sorry, won eight and lost three. Yet yeah, sort of fighting between fourth and fifth. A few years ago, that'd be sort of maybe in second place. <laughs> so, know. you know, even if you draw that game, you drop points. It's remarkable. I just, I, I, so, can I just interact with you there? Just, quick, just quick. I know, I know, I know. We'll run out of time a little bit, but uh, just on that, on on how must Liverpool be thinking? Because they're unbeaten and they are playing the football of their lives, and they're going to win the league, and they won it, you know, a month ago, or whatever, as everyone says, or yeah. whatever it might be. Yet they're yeah. still way behind, if you like, Man City and what they're doing. It's just incredible, Man City. Go just crush teams. It's and mental, yet, isn't it? And yet they've lost two of their Champions League four games, and they're top of the group. It's just weird. We love football. Yeah, we all do. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Pal. Michael Bridges, Sky Sports journalist, there with us. Cheers, Mike. On Cheers, Mike. Sport Radio. 10 to 8, we'll be back with more Spurs next. And we've got a question off of Twitter I'm sure we'll be uh, we'll be happy to talk about next. Love sports. Yeah, good evening. This is Love Sport Radio with your uh, London football franchise. Chelsea have beaten Bate Borisov away in Minsk this evening by a goal to nil. Olivia Giroud with the uh, the goal for Chelsea. And Mauricio Sarri keeps on rolling, uh, doesn't he? How do, you, how do you think he's done? He's done all right, hasn't he? Doing very well there. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I think at the start of the season, 
I didn't actually see Chelsea being, you know, a, a potent threat to us. But be honest, the way that Sarri's got in there, he's been incredible. And you know, they, Chelsea are going to be up there towards the end of the season. I, I thought he'd be gone by Christmas, if I'm honest. <laughs> really? Yeah. Generally, generally. I swear. I swear. Really? I thought I'd be gone by. Uh, he, he'd be gone by Christmas. I thought he was. He was going to be really, really poor. Uh, let's look ahead to the game at the Emirates. Arsenal taking on Sporting Lisbon, and uh, Petr Cech returns in goal for the Gunners and captain to side. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe makes his fifth appearance for Arsenal. He scored twice in his first four. Aubameyang uh, is on the bench, and Quates. Do you remember Sebastian Quates or Coates? He's played for Liverpool. Centre half. Yeah. Uh, no mobility quarters. Uh, him, he starts for Sporting Lisbon, as does Nanny. Nanny? He scored a banger or two against Spurs, didn't he? Uh, no. He got that dodgy sorry. free kick, didn't he? No, 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 no. He took that free one kick. at Old Trafford, I think, in his second or third game. United had him won for That's about right. three games. And he picks the ball up, turns around. I think it must have... I can't remember who was in the midfield for Spurs. Um... It might have even been like someone like Luka Modric or something like that. Yeah. He's picked it up, turned it around him and lummoxed it home from about yeah. 40 yards no, out. I remember him taking our free kick and scoring. Yeah, he's going to do a backflip as well afterwards. Everyone's yeah. like, no. He always does a backflip, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Capoeira. He's a, he's, a, he's a master of Capoeira, apparently. Really? Uh, but yeah, Nanny starts for Sporting Lisbon this evening. Arsenal make nine changes. We'll keep you up to date with everything that goes on there. Rangers have lost tonight as well. They've lost uh, by four goals to three. Don Betts is not happy outside. He's a big Rangers fan. Our producer tonight. So yeah, we'll keep you up to date with everything that goes on in the Europa League. We've got three or so minutes. Have we got time for a quick question? Yeah, come We've on. got one on Twitter. Do you want to use that one or do you want to go to one? Go uh, to your Twitter one. Let's go, go another one. Go Rich Ryan has tweeted in at Love Sport Radio. At last word on Spurs. And listening from the States. Love the show and love the pod. Thank you very much, Rich, for that. With midfield injury slash lack of form, Poch put together a very aggressive 11 and they were fantastic. Beyond the back four, do you want to see this type of lineup in big matches going forward? I do, but I think there also has to be a certain... There's got to be a certain way that you style the team because, I mean, let's be honest, Jace, that was probably the most attacking lineups I can remember under Pochettino. It was, we had, was it five attackers on the pitch? You yeah, have to <coughs> style your team just also on the basis of what the opposition are going to give you because if you're playing, I don't know, like a Liverpool, I don't think you could go as well, attacking as that. Well, you got to think, number one, it was must-win game. Yep. And number two, Dyer's not available, Wenyama's not available. Yep. You know, you were pretty much down to that has to be the starting line. The only choice was whether you'd have played Lamella or, and left Son or Mora off. But other than that, you know, what, what really options were you had Oliver Skip on the bench. So That's right, yeah. So, you know, it was partly forced on in that selection anyway. Uh, look, I think the, the whole attacking piece, I quite like it. Remember, when, remember, let's reminisce for a little while. Do you remember when we had like five up top with uh, with Ozzy Ardiles as the manager? Say, was, like, was it the famous five? Can we, can, we, can we name them top? We had Sheridan and Mbambi. Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu. And, uh, come on, come on, Anderton. Was it to me, it was. It was M5. Barnby, Dimitrescu, Popescu. Klinsman. Klinsman. Oh, Klinsman, yeah, of course. Popescu was in there, wasn't he? In a a holding midfield type role. Um, You know, go go all out attack. I mean, I think, you know, uh, that's what... uh, It's a difficult one because everyone talks about um, lack of squad depth and so on and so forth. When when everybody fit, and I know they're not, and when everybody's ready to go on song, who do you actually do play? You know, you've got... You have got competition places. Soko now getting game time, he and he's showing some flashes of you know why why, why we bought him for thirty million quid. There's there's some good play. We've got some really good players in our squad. I think we haven't mentioned Harry Winks. Another great performance, and Winks he's showing as we've said on numerous times on this show that I think now 
regular run of games, look what he's doing for him. He's going to be a top, top player for Spurs. And I think, yeah, it's going to be pivotal to us in that central midfield for hopefully years to come. We, we was on the show a couple of weeks back, weren't we, talking about Harry Winks mm. and we weren't quite sure about, uh, I think Jay sort of said, you know, he needs a run of games, he needs a run of games. And he's now getting the run of games. My only thing that I would worry about is, is he getting too many games? Because <laughs> obviously, I, I, know it's, I know, I don't want to be um, uh, contradicting ourselves, but ultimately because he's had such injuries, you just want to nurse him a little bit more, but he's having to play it. Yeah, plenty more to come in the next hour. We're going to be talking to Rob Warlow of Football.London Plus, talking about that uh, Lucas Moura incident. Is Lucas Moura, wasn't it? Well, Lamella. Lamella, excuse me. Uh, I mean, Lamella. it wasn't an incident, bring, was incident bringing Moura off, but Lamella with a nudge. There yeah. you go, the Eric Lamella incident. Not as bad as Sergio Ramos, though. <laughs> Love Sport, 558 AM. A- approaching 8 o'clock across the cup. You tell me what, what? I was going to say, well, we're talking about the um, the Christmas party, but we? Yeah, I know. Christmas jumpers. Christmas jumpers, songs, and... Um, Leeds dancing. Do you know what? I think we should have a piano and everyone should sing football songs. Around the piano? Yeah. Can you play a piano? No, I wish I could. Chopsticks? No. Come on. We're not singing Spurs going to Wembley. God, I'm sick of talking about Oh, we'll have that after the break, won't we? We're not, are we? We'll, 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 have, we'll have a nice Spurs. No more Wembley, please. On 558am, online, on your smart speaker, and on digital radio. This is Love Sport. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season, Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fans Show on Love Sport. Just put a brilliant Snapchat up on uh, on, 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 on my Snapchat. On Snapchat, funny yeah, enough. Yeah, just uh, just it's, it's just a video of um, win the cup, win. The, that's my favourite bit. Uh, it's it's just a, a video of Lee doing his. I'm, I'm gonna call it. I'm out of breath now after that dancing. I tell I'm you. not gonna say it's quite exotic dancing. Not exotic, mate. But um, I've just put this geezer on the Apprentice. Alan Sugar wants a refund. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's snapped out the thing where somebody looks at it for 10 seconds and it disappears. Yeah, but it's on my story, so it's on there for a day. Oh, mate, a whole day. I don't mind. You, good can, you can have it on for a year, son. Yeah. Uh, how many you got? 10, 15 followers? Quite a few on there, mate. Yeah. Quite so, a few on the old good, Snapchat. Good. I, I've, never, I've never used Snapchat, generally. Generally, it, it, it frightens me. I'm the same as Lee. I've got to be honest. I've never really warmed to that. No. The whole I'm, 10 I'm, second I'm disappearing thing doesn't... I'm a big snapper, mate. Yeah? I'm a big snapper. I was all sorts. It just smacks to me as somebody who would... Tinder uh, you know as when well. You, you Tinder as well, you're a big Tinder. Tinder. We've gone from Snapchat to Tinder. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, the old Snapchat thing, surely if it disappears after 10 seconds, whatever you're posting is wrong. 
Right? Surely, because it disappears. Do you so know what? I, I that's I, how it must have I, come I, about, I surely. I created a viral video. Really? I, I had a video that I took on Snap, and it actually went viral. It got me into a Some load trouble. of stuck with family. Uh, oh, no. Some of my family wouldn't talk to me for a bit. To be fair, they overreacted, because it was actually, it was a hilarious video. I got some, like, 1.2, 1.3 million views on Facebook. Nice. Yeah. Cool, I, I've got a few pals who, who know where to put it in the right place. <laughs> and, and it got swarmed on, and they literally found it, and they went absolutely, it was about two years ago now, but it was a brilliant video. And I, I recorded that on Snapchat. And I'm going to have a look at it. I'm going to check I, it I'll out. Show you, I'll show. show you the video. It's Absolutely I'm going to check it out. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. This is your Tottenham Hotspur fan show on Love Sport Radio with last word on Spurs. Ricky, Jace, and the dancer, uh, Lee McQueen, are in tonight. No sign of JD from uh, Jamie Trump from Daily Hotspur. Um, he'll be back soon. He'll be, he'll be tuning in as well. He's, he's, he's hotspurring oh, somewhere. Yeah. Because he, he hotspurs daily, doesn't he? He is the man. Um, <laughs> plenty man. to talk about this evening. We're going to look ahead to the game against Crystal Palace. Let's talk about that Eric Lamella elbow, uh, a trailing elbow. He, 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 where was it? It wasn't even trailing up, but there was an intent. Even exactly what he was doing, when he um, had, yeah. Right? Is it is it better or was higher or lower than Sergio Ramos? I feel like Bruce. Nothing can be. <laughs> no, I think Ramos. it's lower than Sergio. But I mean, God, do you know what? the thing with Lamella is, I know we can't swear on this station, so I do try my best. But I love having a bit of a dirty beep in the team. I think that's what spurs sometimes that we've missed. Beep Housery. Beep Housery. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. absolutely love Dyer it. and Lamella. I mean, I I, I love that side of Lamella's game he plays it on the edge and it's funny when we showed that on our um, Twitter hand, Twitter handle it kind of kind of got like a mixed reaction some people were saying well no I, I, we don't want to see that side of Lamella because he could cost us a game but then I think <sighs> I love that side of him I don't know what you think Jace depends depends where or when you do it under the circumstances doesn't it um I mean, Ramos is Ramos is your number one for that, and I'd I'd love Sergio Ramos in a Spurs shirt. So it would be hard for me to criticise Lamella for doing it when I'd absolutely love to see Ramos in a Spurs shirt. But uh, I think it was just a a little dig to try and get a reaction, and maybe. But had the PSG bloke gone down, it might have cost us more than mm. than it did. I think he was hoping for a for a bit of. Um, retaliation but fortunately the bloke didn't go down I, under it I've but. always been a fan of you know these players who are like little dogs that just nip at your heels right yeah, now that's a lamella but, yeah, but yeah. Right, right, right now don't for example him. my favourite player for about for about 2-3 years has been Ander Herrera and, and every, every time I say it everyone's like I can't stand him I'm like exactly he's the one yeah. you love to hate so I want to know over, over the years your favourite Spurs player like that you know who's the one that everyone else loved to hate Tim Sherwood maybe oh, back God. in the day oh, no, I mean, I, I'm more on the hate rather than love with Tim Sherwood uh, Tariko, I love Tariko. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, Tariko he... could do it. That's for sure. What about uh, what about? Um, it was nothing to do with uh, little yappy dogs at people's heels. But what about Timothy Atuba? Oh, <laughs> he, he, he the could bow do it. after <laughs> Newcastle away goals. Remember that? Luke? <laughs> the Newcastle away goals at Mecca. It was uh, like thanks after he could bow after doing a quiff turn in his own box. Like Kieran <laughs> did the it other week. The you know what I mean? He had an, alter- an alternative spelling to Timothy as well. <laughs> he, oh, he totally did. Timothy. Timothy. Yeah. Timothy. Timothy. But yeah, I mean, uh, snapping at people's heels. I mean, look, there's a there's a folk hero of snapping at heels, and that's uh, Stefan Foyne, isn't it? He always used sure, to like, just yes. run about and get yes. off the people. What, a, what, a, what an ironic Freund. name as well, Stefan Foyne. Yeah, well, Freund, yeah, because Freund in German is friend. Really? Well, yeah. You can tell you've done German. <laughs> S- something, like that, mate. Something, <laughs> something like that, mate. Something yeah. like that. So, something like that. Uh, what, what about Eric Edmund? 
Oh, what a goal against Liverpool. That oh, goal, that what goal. a that, goal. That is an outrageous goal. He's not shooting from there, is he? Yeah. Yes, he Eric, is. Eric Edmonds' best performance at White Hart Lane was mm. when Jermaine Defoe ripped him about, what, four or five times in the 9-1 game. That's right, yeah. Every single yeah, goal yeah, went straight through Eric Edmonds, straight yeah. down the side of him. Scored so five that day, didn't that he? Was, that was the best best performance we've had for Tottenham by Eric Edmund and White Hart Lane. That was when the camera angle was so tight, you know, down the touch lines as well. It literally looked like you were on top. It was like a bird's eye view. Like the play. He used to always, I, I remember watching that camera angle with Aaron Lennon especially because the camera would make, you know, as he sort of, his centre of gravity was so, lo- so low, he'd be going one way then another, like dropping the shoulder and the camera would just be making this funny movement. You're like... Getting a bit trippy, what's going on here? You know, just following the way Lennon's going. But yeah, uh, we'd like to know if if you want to tweet him in tonight, you want to tweet him in for next week's show, whatever you want to do. Um, your favourite players that other people love to hate. So mine, of course, and Herrera. Uh, we've had uh, Thimothe, a tuba. I think Deli. I think Deli Ali is one of them. Actually, is it right possibly now, stupid but for other people? That. I don't know. I mean, well, you're, you know, you're you're not a Spurs fan, for example. So, I mean. Does Deli Ali annoy you because of? Yeah, some because he come through. He come through a franchise academy. Yeah, yeah. So for That's you, the it's only got, reason he annoys me. So, but you love to hate him. Is that the player's fault though? Yeah, it's his parents' fault for living there. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, a talent though. His parents, we love right, him. That's the point I'm making. Back. It's his parents' fault for buying for, for, for buying a new building, Milton Keynes. That's what it is. Oh, just before we do move on, we gotta just have a quick roundup. If we actually do believe we can generally qualify still, Jace, what do you no. think? No. no. You, you want Europa League? I think we discussed this other week. Europa League then? I'd sooner win the Europa League than the FA Cup, is mm. what I said. Yeah. But, um, I mean, who saw Man United winning last night with, with a couple of minutes That's to it, go? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a there's a slim, slim chance. But I get the feeling we could go to Barcelona and win 4-0 and then Inter will score their fifth goal against PSV in the oh, 96th so minute and still knock us out. I did listen to, obviously, the pod this week. Um, and I did agree with you, Jace, actually, about the whole Europa League versus uh, FA Cup piece. And I didn't ever think that I would. But I actually, I thought you made a really good point there about about the kind of prestige of the of, of the cups and, and actually getting the trophy and doing that having said that look i'm a nightmare you know me by now and all the listeners you know me by. of course we can do it we can absolutely do it the the fat lady is not singing yet right and mathematically it's still possible and do you know what in the season that we've had it it wouldn't surprise me if we just, you know, lose at Wembley to Inter Milan 50-0, but it also wouldn't surprise me if we go and beat Barcelona in the new Camp and qualify. It just it just wouldn't surprise me. And so I think, you know, yeah, why not? Why, why not? It would be our best achievement in the Champions League so far to get through this group, even you consider how we started it. We didn't. No, no one thought we could go to the Bernabeu and get a a, a a point or a result. No one thought we could rip them a new one at Wembley. Right. We did. No one thought that we could go to Chelsea and smash them free. We did. No one thought we'd go Man United, sorry, Aaron, and beat them three 0 And we have. And and actually, one of the things that we have been very consistent at doing under Potocina, under this management, under with this team, is going out and not necessarily yes, winning trophies and that sort of stuff. There's only four to win, by the way. Just front out there, everybody. There's only four that we can actually win uh, per season. But what we've actually done is we've started to win things and uh, uh, accomplish things. Break records. Uh, break yeah. records. So that is what I'm uh, trying to say. Break records in, in, in small steps. So, you know, whenever you go on to achieve something, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't climb Everest in, in one go, do you? You do it in steps. And actually, we're trying to build a, a, a winning team and a winning mentality. And actually, we've gone around it and actually going to 
<laughs> doing, I can't believe I'm saying this live on air. Going to the new camp and winning would definitely be the biggest achievement under Pochettino. And, and, and why not? There's, he's got needle there between Espanyol and Barcelona, so... There you have it. Come on, come on, Poch. Make it happen. Straight from the horse's mouth. The fat lady hasn't sung. She's still warming up (laughs) at the moment. We're going to be talking plenty more Spurs. We've got Rob Waller coming on. A little bit later to all things Crystal Palace ahead of that fixture. It's a 5.30 kickoff uh, on on, on Saturday night at Selhurst Park. We used to call it Fortress Selhurst Park. Definitely not a fortress anymore. Can Spurs go on and grab a massive three points down there? It's Love Sport Radio with your Tottenham Hotspur fan show. 5.58 a.m. Love sport. Love sport. Love sport. This is Love Sport. This is Lost Ball Radio with your London football fan shows and your Tottenham Hotspur fan show. We're seeing a lot of Mauricio Pochettino on our screens. Uh, he's been talking ahead of the game on Saturday. Um, chaps, I Palace. love that guy. I literally love that guy. Pochettino. But seriously, look at him, Aaron. Magic, isn't he? Oh, he's magic, Rick, isn't he? He smells nice as well, or is that Danny's perfume? I think, I think it might be Danny <laughs> Rose's <laughs> perfume, Jase, to be fair. I smell the way he goes, hurry, hurry. <laughs> no, hurry. Hur, you know? That's good. Hurry. Hurry. Uh, hurry. Hurry um, Right, let's, uh, let's look ahead to that game on Saturday. Look, um, Palace are not quite the force they once were in terms of I think the atmosphere has made a massive difference on what they do at home. Uh, you know, they they barely score any. Well, they they I think they've only scored one one th- goal at home this season. I think Michael touched on it earlier. What, just to give us a quick summary again. What, what's happened to the? What, so what's the, going a, on? the HF, the right. the, the Holmesdale fanatics who who were in that corner who used to create an almighty racket. Yeah, they yeah. Had the banners they looked absolutely. The ultras brilliant. weren't they? They the, the ultras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Holmesdale fanatics. They split them up, or have they? Or? Well, well, what happened was the HF wanted a move towards the back central part of the stand to create right, more noise right. and the club have rejected it and the club said to the HF basically we can't displace this many season ticket holders and, and move them around they've been in the seat that's not right and so the HF said alright cool see you later and then we're, we're, we're going we're gonna, to you know, move off and, and sit where we feel we want to sit because sitting in the corner sitting down in that corner is not nice you can't no. even see what's going on on the other side you know, they've, they've done it for so long but they feel that they can create more of an atmosphere from that central point but now that's had a reverse effect almost now right, effectively yeah, yeah. The, the ground is dry I went there for the Southampton game and the atmosphere isn't great uh, um, and Selhurst has always been this place I, I used to love to go especially watching Palace under the lights oh incredible well, that's actually what worries me about this, this weekend yeah. because but it is a night game isn't it this is what, and, yeah. and it is under the well, lights I mean they, they used to make this this sort of almighty racket um, what's now happened is that the club and the HF have come to an agreement where from next season I thought he was going to say from the next game <laughs> typical Spurs <laughs> out there, isn't it? The from the next game from the Spurs game onwards the whole stand <laughs> is going to be covered in 
flares. Yeah. Hashtag no pyro, no party. Um, no, so uh, from next season, they're going to be all, all, all moved to that central area that they wanted to be moved to because I think the club have recognised and Steve Parrish has recognised that without them fans, the, the ground is very, very, very quiet. But I, I suppose the ones that sit in the centre behind the goal won't turn up when they're playing Grimsby next season, so that's, that's probably oh. what it is. Grimsby? Well, who are they going to be playing in the championship next season? Well, Grimsby are in League 2, so... Do you reckon Palace got a chance of getting relegated? They got a chance to go. Do I don't know? think so. I they think there are if you far don't score worse goals. teams down there. Yeah, I'm sorry to say that our producer outside, I think Fulham are one of them. Unless, and, and I'll put this out there two days in a row, unless Fulham go and get Roy back. Go and get Royston back. He did it once in impossible circumstances. Well, let's be fair, a squad with a fraction of the level of quality of this. You know, am I right, Dom? They, they, they weren't great. They weren't great. Aaron Hughes and, and who else was at right? Who was at right back? Was it Moritz Volz or someone like that? No. no. Did have no, no, it was John Pants at right back, mate. John Pants. Well, no, didn't what, have was that the yeah, yeah. So the so the great escape. Obviously, we had just everyone. We had what, Paul Stalteria, Casey Keller, Stalteria. He had a massive monobrow, didn't he? He had scored an unbelievable goal. Casey Keller was in goal about four hundred and five. He was in a great escape. Four hundred and five. The worst thing about Casey Keller is he looked very fragile. He looked very rigid, as if like if he dived, and I'm not sure he liked to dive because I'm sure he thought. I'm I'm finished here if I dive, mate. I've <laughs> he got his positioning right. Never needed to dive, so that's that's fine. He lost all his hair finally by then as well. <laughs> He'd given up, and he? uh, but you know the quality of the squad that Fulham had back then was 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 a fraction of what they have today. And I've petitioned it. And I said, you know, if 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 Fulham can take Roy Hodgson off Palace, I think they've got a real fighting chance. That would send Palace down, wouldn't it? Because I, I, I'm not I, sure. I, I no. If if I think Roy left, for, uh, no, if Roy left. Oh, oh God, well, merry go round. But the thing right. with Hodgson is, you have to be honest that. Palace were the ones that kind of oh, they took a risk on him after the whole England debacle, but they they didn't away. Well, they brought him home because he's, qu- he's a he's a Croydon boy. Well, that's the thing. I don't think he'd, I don't think he would leave them. I don't. I don't think. He's, I don't. But think. he's worshipped at Fulham. He's worshipped, he's worshipped at Fulham, but, but he is him. a Croy- he's a Croydon boy. Would he work at, walk out of Palace now? There's still a job to be done there. He's still got to keep them safe. And I think with Palace, if I'm being honest, you look at the game ahead of the weekend. Mm. Stop Zahar. And as Michael said, you stop that team. I think keeping uh, the hard. Say, what is the threat here? The difference between Fulham and Palace is that Fulham will go and spend money on him uh, for him in January. Fulham will go and buy him, buy him players. And let's be fair: if you look at Fulham's front line compared to, to Palace, it's, there's there's no comparison. Mm. You know, Fulham can score goals; it's just keeping them tight at the back. That's, that's true. Yeah. And and that's the thing: Palace's defence isn't bad. Saka and Tompkins have formed a decent partnership. Juan Bissaka's a good uh, a good right back. You know, like they've him. they've built a really solid back line. It's just a Okay, so going forward, they are so poor going forward. That is all that's letting them down. You know, picking up someone like Jordan Ayew. I mean, Doogie Friedman, you know, was their former manager. He's their director of football. I don't know what the guy does. How can he bring in Jordan Ayew? Guys suffer back-to-back relegations. You know, he, I don't think he scored more than seven goals in each of his Premier League seasons. He's played four Premier League seasons. He's 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 not the level they need. And, and you know, this is a guy who, who has let go of the likes of Dwight Gale. You know, let let go of Dwight Gale, let him go. He's firing goals in. Um, you know, brought in Ben Teke, who's who's form. Well, I mean, his form. He's got no form anymore. He's got no form. Let's be fair. His his confidence out the window. They've brought in Sawloth, who smells like a Roy Hodgson signing because he loves dipping into Scandinavia. But they've got no real quality going forward, barring Townsend and Zaha. And I can see them playing Zaha and Townsend up top together. Bring that, bring it on. 
Townsend, I think he'll, I say a guy that actually scoring quite regularly for Palace, Andros Townsend. We well, got a great goal against Chelsea. Yeah, he a did. very very good finish mm. against Chelsea. That moves down the world of good, and we have we have uh, Andros Townsend's dad on the podcast a lot in Troy. Um, this will be a tough game. I mean, it will be tough because I, I think Lisa there. Do you remember last season? Mick, sorry to interrupt. Do you remember yeah. last season though? And we were remember. Battle, I, 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 I actually remember being on the pod. And we talked second. about it and I was like, we're going to go there. We're going to bat yeah. him four 0 And Jace actually said it's going to be really, really tough. And it was a one nil Kane Lost right at the end, wasn't it? It was like the PSV game. Just that. Yeah, it was it's that. It was five like five games in a row that we've won one nil. Yeah, really. And all five that we had. When yeah. Ya- Sonny with a winner at White Hart Lane. That's right. Uh, with a winner at White Hart Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Ericsson, Ericsson with a winner at. Palace came with a winner at Palace last yeah. year. Sonny at Wembley last That's year. It's right. five straight one nil wins. And yeah. even even that game, sorry, Jace, even that game, then Delhi scored the absolute worldie. Oh, Does everyone God. remember that absolute yeah. worldie? That a three one. Yeah. That we were one nil down That's until right. about the eighty fourth minute or eighty yeah. second minute. Until we did that, That's we right. end up winning three one. But it is a tough game. There's no doubt about it. But we're going to batter them five nil. Again, though, you look at the, just on the team who's on ahead of this one. You know, Dembele now, as we discussed earlier, he's now missing for six weeks. And you just think, what is it now? Is it the Fifth game in so ridiculous, like was it 10, 12, 13? That it's just that ridiculous in terms of the amount of games we've had. And he's got to try and again. He said he's come out on Thursday's sh- uh, press conference and said, I've got to rotate the squad. Yeah, but but most teams have had a similar. I think most teams will have played five in fourteen, and the only reason we had to play five in thirteen was our own fault because of the the Wembley debacle. So you can't moan at it's that. Not Pochettino's you know. fault though. No, we it's not Pochettino's. But you mm. can't make two. I mean, yes, it's relevant, but. But Manchester United would have played five games in in that period. Manchester City would have played five games yeah. in that period. So, you know, the, the fact that we've got the injuries and that doesn't help. But if you're going to be a big club competing in trophies, you're going to have that type of run. Don't forget, Man City on that Monday night was our fault. We no, could have played them on the Saturday. Yeah. That um, we we can't we can't lose against Palace. Well, we can't. Well, I think we can't, you have we to can't, keep winning, Lee. You we can't, we can't lose against Palace. And by the way, we can't draw against them either. We have to go there and we have mm. to win. And uh, you know, we talked about you know the the listeners' questions for, from earlier um, on on Twitter and all that sort of stuff about you know how um, you know can we use that, that attack inside? Let's go and attack them. Like we've got nothing to lose, realistically. You, we've just sat there and said they've got no attacking threat. If we stop Wilfred Saab, we stop Palace. Benteke's got no form and all that stuff. And Obviously, we're going to hear from, from, from Rob um, shortly. Um, we'll get his views on it. But ultimately, if, if we're saying that they haven't got an attacking threat, what are we worried about? Let's go and batter it. Let's go and take the game I mean, to che- them. Chelsea beat them 3-1, and I don't think Chelsea got out of second or third gear. But they did. Th- it was tight, wasn't it, that game? For, for, the, for, the for a long And then Hazard had to come on and rescue him, didn't he? I don't think he rescued it. I think they didn't mm. get out of... Uh, uh, going forward, they were always looking looking more, you know... Um, potent? I'm, g- I'm not going to say potent. I'm going to say they looked more effective than Palace mm. going forward. Whereas whereas Palace, going again, you know, are you... Uh, you, you look at the options that Roy Hodgson has and you're just sitting there going, mate, what are you... Th-? He's literally waiting for January. You're sitting I'm not feeling sorry for him because we were also probably waiting for January as well in a couple of areas. I mean, we, if I was them, I'd take Laurent out on loan. <laughs> If you could. Actually, Lorento would be quite a good uh, thing. Lorento would save him properly. But they, they took Eddie Bayor from us, so there's no yeah, reason yeah, he, he won't break. <laughs> can we get Janssen and Kudu over there? Uh, okay, we, we can't say aside from Zaha because he is a, he is a threat. So who, Max who is Meyer. a threat? Who is going to hurt us? Max Meyer. Who is going to hurt us on Saturday, Jace, uh, in Palace? Who's going to hurt us? 
the obvious one is all those you think of is Zaha. You're just always careful of the curse of the old boy, isn't it? It's mm. Andros has Chandler, got to score against yeah, us one Andros, day, yeah. but I, 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 but think I know with, what you mean. With, with Max Meyer, if he can if he can be deployed in a free sort of creative role, I think he can cause anyone problems. He's he's an intelligent player. He's he's a creative player. He's someone who I can see you know playing a, a, a more a, a higher level than Crystal Palace. Sorry, Palace fans, it's true. Um, it's a case of Roy needs to stop playing in a position where he's ineffective. He needs to play him, give him a free roll, give him the opportunity to go, to play and as a 10. go and do his thing. Yeah, potentially as a 10. Go and do his yeah, thing and, 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 and it will work. It will work. I think Coyote is a decent player. I've always been a fan of Coyote. I quite like it. I have, yeah, actually. I think he's quite a good, he's quite you know, good player uh, this, in terms of leggy engine. sort of range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got, got a bit of that. And Milivojevic, who hasn't had the best of seasons, um, but is, is always a pretty solid presence. But, look, I mean, the way we're talking is that Palace, I, I, I like Roy Hodgson, actually, what he's done there. I think Palace are a decent side. I am worried about the game in terms of being under lights and that sort of stuff. But actually, when you look at it, and we're like we always say, games aren't played on paper and that sort of stuff. So when you look at it even with all the injuries that we've had and players coming nursing being come uh, nursed back into the team we should have enough here guys to, to go and beat Palace to be fair yeah you should do we're going to carry on we'll look at uh, a bit of a head-to-head next on Love Sport this is Love Sport I've just been told I need to see, so, sing something Jace can you sing it I can't sing it mate Ricky. give us the other ear what we got here? Come on, Rick. What you got for us? Oh, see that guy. Watch that scene. Digging the dancing McQueen. Yeah. There you go. Can Who's we, that from? That is from Z-Man. 11215. It would be nice to have that. Uh, let's look ahead to that game, Crystal Palace versus Spurs. And uh, just taking a look at a bit of a, uh, a, a, a mini preview that's been released today ahead of the game. Of the last 26 Premier League goals scored during a meeting between Palace and Spurs, 25 of them have come in the second half just one first half goal in 14 top flight games uh there have wow. been 44 league meetings between the two sides wow one one these, goal. Go- these games have always been tight jace you said yeah, it before yeah, the break yeah, yeah. All, just one nil one nil one nil all the time so mm. and they've all been ugly scrappy games We've not as well, played no, well. No, 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 no. No. i think palace beat knocked us out of cup as well didn't they white art lane 2-1 was it 2-1 or was, was that 1-0 yeah, as well yeah um yeah uh, 44 games between the two Spurs have got 25 wins Palace have got 8 and there have been 11 draws uh, total 52 games between these two sides in the league FA Cup and League Cup Spurs with 28 wins Palace with 11 and 13 draws the referee is Jonathan Moss oh no Jonathan Moss oh no Jace ain't happy he not Jace is probably about to start crying Crystal Palace <laughs> have won 20 of the 25 games in which he's been in charge really yeah I'll tell you what's interesting as well. Is he, does he love a penalty, John oh, Moss? I'm not sure, but John, John does he Moss, love a red card? Don't, don't get me wrong. He's coming to Vizarra, aren't he? John Moss isn't necessarily against Tottenham. I think he's just an awful referee. And, really? and every game that involves him seems to descend it. He did the Spurs Liverpool game oh, last year at Anfield. Oh, 80% oh. of the games yeah. that, that have Oh, he loves a penalty been, then. He gave us two. involved in. Palace have, uh, have won. Um, and one just a bit of a throwback. In early 2015, Crystal Palace played host to a Spurs team 10 league positions ahead of the Eagles for Alan Pardew's first match in charge of yeah. the South Club. Yeah. Coming from behind after a converted Harry Kane penalty, Dwight Gale and Jason Punchin combined uh, to lead Palace into a 2-1 home victory and uh, deliver Tottenham's Stambouli conceded a penalty Premier League See, game yep. what, 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 what number Premier that League defeat was it? Ooh, that's it, a good it, question that, You hit a landmark of Premier League defeats that day 
We try not to remember the defeats, Aaron. To be honest, uh, three hundredth. It must. I was going to say it must have only been a hundred or something. Three, surely, three hundredth <laughs> Premier League defeat wow. uh, on Spurs. But that's a key. I remember that game. That we went into there again. That, that was under, a rocking. That yeah, was Kane rocking scored. that day. Kane scored, but we went. We went one up. Underestimated. Switched off. Stan and again, Bully conceded a penalty. That's right. If we. That's the thing with Palace. If we allow them time on the ball you know do sit off them Zahar can cause damage and we have to go into this game fully focused you know Lee we were discussing before the break about that Wolves game yeah. we're that tied up after an hour right okay um, I don't really like obviously bringing Arsenal into this but this is to do with Crystal Palace because there's been a rumour that Crystal Palace have been involved in a, in a potential transaction with Arsenal for Danny Welbeck a £10 million deal in January obviously Danny Welbeck is out of contract in the summer uh, we're hearing this evening that Danny Welbeck has, uh, has, has suffered a serious injury uh, this evening and uh, yeah that uh, well, well against Arsenal he looks in uh, in severe pain on the pitch um, he's being stretched off oxygen required um, yeah worrying signs for Danny Welbeck this evening um, yeah after after Palace were linked with him just a lot of days ago we were talking about it quite heavily on the Crystal Palace show would you take Danny Welbeck uh, for Crystal Palace he's a striker who's been in decent form this season but isn't exactly prolific so there you have it. Uh, looks like Danny Welbeck has picked up quite a serious injury. 8.31, we're going to be back uh, with Robert Warlow, football.london, uh, Crystal Palace correspondent. He joins us next. 5.58 a.m. Love Sport. Yeah, we've been treated to another wonderful bit of... Uh, oh, listen to that. A karaoke version, though. <laughs> the Dancing McQueen. What is going on here tonight? What, what's wrong with the karaoke version? No, I don't want the karaoke version. Do you know what I feel like? I feel like we're on the, an audience of Lee McQueen. Well... Well, I've, been a, I've, been away, I've been away a couple of weeks he has here, been a couple of weeks. We do miss him, didn't we? Even well, we Aaron's... Love him. You miss him, Aaron, didn't you? You do, didn't you? I do, you, mate. You miss me, mate. There's a bit of love there. There's a bit of man love there. A bit of man love. Uh, for the Aaron. There's a bit of man love. Let's talk to uh, Robert Warlow, Crystal Paris correspondent for Football.London. Rob, I presume... Well, I don't know, actually. You might not like the Europa League, but you, you may have kept uh, tabs with what's going on at Arsenal. And a man we were talking about just two days ago, Danny Welbeck, has been stretched off with a serious injury. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look good for him. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously been sort of in and out of the uh, the Arsenal team, but he always seems to do a job when he, you know, when he is available and plays. Obviously, bad news for him if, if it's a serious injury and um, it doesn't look good. You know, being stretched off like you say with, with oxygen and um, yeah, yeah, wish him a speedy recovery, whatever it is. Is that back to the drawing board for Doogie Friedman? Um, well, Roy Hodgson was asked about um, Danny Welbeck this morning, uh, this afternoon, sorry, at his press conference. Um, he said, you know, the scouting department are looking at all sort of options at the moment. He didn't, you know, he said that they hadn't had any conversations with him about Danny Welbeck. I think it's, it's an obvious link because obviously he worked with Danny Welbeck when he was England manager. Um, it's understandable. Palace strikers aren't. You know, aren't scoring goals at the moment, so he was, he was put to him, you know, striker a priority for, for January, and he said he sort of gave a diplomatic answer but said that 
you know, I'm happy with the forward options we've got. Um, obviously, it'd be nice if they scored. You know, we've got a few more goals from them. But he said they're doing, you know, working hard. They're doing what we we want. Other than them putting the ball in the back of the net, he said, and hopefully that will that will come. What did uh, Roy talk about in terms of Spurs, uh, you know, ahead of the fixture? Obviously, uh, Spurs coming up, back off a, a late win um, against uh, PSV. They're going to be pepped up for it. What, what were Roy's thoughts? Yeah, he said it would be a difficult game. He knows that. Um, obviously, Paz are in a tough run at the moment. They just had uh, Everton, Arsenal, Chelsea sort of since the, the last international break. Obviously, this, this is the last one before the next one. And, um, yeah, it's a tough run. And they've got Man United away when they come back. So, it's, yeah, not easy at the moment. It doesn't get any easier playing Spurs. I think he knows that from previous experience about you know playing against Tottenham. And, and obviously, he's worked with a lot of the, the Tottenham players, the English guys, that obviously when they were, you know, gave him debuts when he was England manager. And he was asked about that. And, you know, he said he's pleased to see how they've progressed over the last few years. He said, you know, we, we thought they were talented players when we brought them into the England squad. He said, and you've seen them mature and develop. And, you know, we said got more games under their belts at Premier League, European level. He said, you know, and they're, they're now the players that we expected them to be. He said, and, and, you know, we expect a difficult game. Robert, Ricky Sachs here. Just wanted to ask you, how do you expect Crystal Palace to set up for this game? Bearing in mind you've seen Spurs' array of attacking options in the last day or so and how we set up for PSV. Again, you'd argue this game is a, is a must-win for Spurs while at Palace. Obviously, they haven't had the greatest start to the season. Therefore, what kind of side are you expecting Holton to field at the weekend? I think it'd be very similar to, to the way they played against Chelsea at the weekend. Um, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't go over with Zara and Andros Townsend up front. Um, I think that's you know, it worked well from the last season towards the end of the last season. It he's it's almost sort of stumbled upon it because last year through the in, you know injury crisis that you had and the lack of options, particularly you know lack of forward options when Benteke was that injured. And this year he has got Alexander Serdot and Jordan Ayew, but they're not you know they haven't been scoring goals themselves. He's played Jordan Ayew a few times and he works hard, but he hasn't really looked much of a goal threat yet. Uh, Alexander Serdot has, hasn't started a game in the Premier League all season. He's played in the League Cup games, but not. He's just coming off the bench in, in the Premier League, and he's, he still looks raw. He's only 22. Um, I think he, he's still adapting to the English game, um, having come over from the Danish league, which obviously you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different different level coming from from Scandinavia to um, to England, and he's still sort of finding his feet. I think um, came in in January and. Yeah, he sort of you know reverted back to, to Wilfred Zaha and Andrus Townsend playing up front. Not necessarily natural strikers, but they can cause problems because they've obviously they've got a bit of pace about them. They've both got you know trick trick or two. I think you you will see that when they play up front, they can cause problems almost by because of the sort of the you know not being natural out and out strikers. They're drifting here and there across you know, and it's hard for the defenders to mark them. But at the same time, not having that sort of natural instinct, you know, poachers sort of finish that sort of thing in the goal, in front of goal. I suppose it it nullifies the threat a little bit sometimes. I mean, we we saw that on some, uh, at the weekend against Chelsea when um, Wilfred Zaha was getting frustrated because he was an isolated figure for much of the game, which you you would expect against top teams because you know they're going to see a lot more of the ball, particularly when you when Paris playing them away from home. And I think it'll be a similar sort of setup this weekend against Spurs. I think he'll he'll go with four four two, and it'll be Zaha and Townsend up top. They'll drift out wide from from you know being central positions, and you're you're looking for players to sort of get from 
Rob, uh, Lee, Liam, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, good, good. Um, can I ask a question about um, Van uh, Patrick Van Arnholt? Because I, I I've watched him a few times, and I think going forward he looks he looks the real deal. But can he defend? I suppose that's the question. I just wondered from a Palace perspective, is he is he good? Is I mean, is he you know, have I summed him up quite well, or or is he is he not worth talking about type thing? No, he, he's a threat. I mean, get, he does get forward well from left back. Um, and, uh, I've seen and heard Palace fans sort of saying, "Could we play him left wing?" You know, because mm. it and you, you the way he plays, you do think that. You think, well, yeah, you could because they've got other options at left back. You know, they can play Pat Suarez. Obviously, had that uh, car crash and has been out for you know was out for a long time. He's now yeah. back in around the squad, but he's not. He's only played League Cup games. He's not been playing in the Premier League. They've got Jeffrey Schlupp who could play at left back as well. Um, so that they have got options there. I mean, even Jairo Riedavel could play at left back. Um, but they've, to be fair, Roy Hodgson has sort of got a settled back four at the moment. It is Van Arnholt on the left, Wambasaka on the right, Tompkins and Saka in the middle, and obviously Wayne Hennessy in goal. You know, it's a settled back five in that mm. respect. So something that I, our Spurs uh, fans are crying out for—a a, a settled back line because we haven't had one all season. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but then you know, I suppose that that comes down to the options that. that talk about Tottenham's fullbacks certainly from Spurs fans all season the, the boy at Palace that I think has impressed me most is Wan-Bissaka who I think made his debut against us last season in the, the game up to about yep. February time wasn't it how, yeah, how right. good has he looked because defensively it, it's surprising to see a young fullback come in and, and actually look as, as stable as he's been and he's I, I think he's been a fixture in the side ever since he's come into it hasn't he yeah, almost. Yeah, he, he's, he, I mean, he's played every game this year, bar the one when he was suspended um, from being sent off against Liverpool. But he missed the Watford game as well, and Joel Ward came in. But Joel Ward was the right back for Palace for five years, and he's displaced him now. And he's sort of, you know, very much a fringe player on, on, in the squad. And it, that's testament to how well Wan-Bissaka has done. You know, he came in, and you wouldn't have known he, he was mature beyond, beyond his years. Really, with how old is he? Twenty. Twenty. Um, 20, he's come through the, the, the club's academy and um, he was originally a winger um, but reverted to a right back, played at right back for the under 23 level, impressed there sort of as a right wing back. This was sort of the time when Frank de Boer was in charge briefly last year um, and he impressed then and sort of they, they looked at him and when Roy Hodgson came in he was obviously aware of him. He kind of got his chance through injury really because Joel Wall was out and Timothy Fosu Mensah was also 
at that time. So he came in. It was a bit of a surprise to everybody, I think, when he was named in, in the team against Tottenham last year. But the way he played, I mean, he was excellent that day. Again, I remember it against um, the likes of Christian Eriksen, Deli Alley. You know, he didn't, he wasn't overawed by the occasion. He played well against them, and similarly to what Palace are going through now, they had a tough run. They were playing. I can't remember exactly the run of it, but it was Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United, and Liverpool. Four of four of in five games. You know, they played those teams, and he was standout man of the match in probably two or three of those. And he then, you know played again, I think he played six games in a row, then he was brought out of the team for a couple of games when Royalton wanted to put uh, a bit more experience, I suppose, with Joel Ward. Um, the game against Bryson, I think it was, that he, he dropped out um, for a derby match, and then he came back the last game of the season, and then throughout pre-season and this season, he's been first choice, and he's been the player of the month for Palace in August, September and October, which shows you how well he's done, you know, he's, he's leading the way in sort of tackles, interceptions and yeah, he's, he's definitely one for the future but one for now as well, you know, he's, he's impressed so much. How do you see it going Saturday? 5.30 under the lights, hopefully they'll uh, ignite a bit of uh, a bit of atmosphere, you know, the Palace fans? You'd like to think so. Um, yeah. They were they were certainly up for it in the, the game against Arsenal a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's, it has been a bit flat at times this year at home. Um, that I think you, you've mentioned earlier on, on the show tonight about the home style fanatics, you know, and the effect that's had. Um, there's no doubt that the atmosphere is is not the same. It hasn't been the same this year at Sellers Park as we've seen in recent years because you know that place can be rocking when when you know the fans are right behind them and Palace are on the front foot. Um, it hasn't happened often enough this year. I mean, they've only scored two goals, the two goals against Arsenal, both of which were penalties at home. Um, the home form hasn't been good. It's the worst in the league. Um, I, th- I think they'd always, you know, it's a London derby. There's always that element, edge to it. I think the fans will be up for it. Um, but obviously, Roy Hodgson has said it himself before that the players have got to give the fans something to cheer about because too often, enough, you know, this season at home, they haven't so far. Um, and it's... But I think, I think Palace will will give uh, Tottenham a good game. I think they'll probably know going into it that, you know, they're, they're the underdogs, obviously, that Tottenham will will be a difficult test because, you, you know, you only need one moment with the likes of Harry Kane or Christian Eriksen that can turn the game in their favour. I think it, I expect it to be tight. The last four games finished 1-0 to Tottenham um, between them in the Premier League. So I don't expect it to be, you know, high scoring. Uh, but I, I think... Palace will take heart from the performances the last couple of weeks. They did well against Arsenal. They did well in stages against Chelsea last week, um, defending let them down at sort of crucial times. But on the whole, it was a, it was a reasonably positive performance. And Roy Hodgson said as much afterwards. You know, he was happy with the, with the overall performance, just disappointed with a few moments in the game and the, the overall result. But I think it will be a tight game, and it's. it's that it will come down to those moments when if Palace can convert chances because they've been creating some but haven't been taking them so far this season and obviously keeping it, keeping uh, the likes of Harry Kane out at the other end. Brilliant stuff, Rob. Thank you so much for joining us. Rob Waller there from Football.London with us on Love Sport Radio. Uh, yeah, we're going to be back with uh, some more of your calls next. 0208 70 25 for that is the number to call. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. In a world full of United, Cities, Rovers, there's only one Hotspur. The official Tottenham Hotspur membership, One Hotspur, is now on sale to new members. 
gain access to Ticket Priority windows, receive a gift pack and plenty more Spurs benefits. Tottenham Hotspur, it's your club. Make it official. Sign up today at TottenhamHotspur.com slash join. Love Sport, 558 AM. Yes, Love Sport Radio with your Tottenham Hotspur fan show. 0208 70 25 is the number to call. Uh, Andrew has done exactly that. How are you, Andrew? Hello. I'm very well. How are you? Are yes, you okay? Andrew. Good, good, good. All good, mate. What can we do for you? Yeah, it was, so basically, I just wanted to get uh, the panel's opinion on uh, the current state of play with regards to Tottenham's recruitment, uh, player recruitment, because it all seems to have gone alarmingly quiet on the transfer front, as everyone's fully aware of it, with our inactivity over the summer. But uh, my understanding was that it all kind of changed back in sort of February 2017 with Steve Hitching coming back into the club. But since then, we've only really seen a couple of uh, transfers coming in and I, I just feels as if everything is kind of ground to a halt so I just kind of wanted to get everyone's take on on where we are at because it's only sort of 60 days until the transfer window reopens now I expect, well I'm not expecting a huge amount to be brutally honest but I, I just wanted to get everyone's take on that really you know what it is, Andrew, obviously you must hear on the show we do so much about the recruitment on Spurs and what they need to do and how they need to strengthen the squad. I think the issue we've got is at the moment is with Spurs that we know we need two or three top, top players to push this squad on. We don't know if it's a combination of Pochettino not wanting to force Daniel Levy's hand in terms of going for a big-time player, some maybe with an ego that would maybe force him. Does he want to manage an ego? You don't have to look at the other side of the fence. You know, Daniel Levy, he's not used to shopping for top, top players. You know, I think this is the first time that he's going out now in the transfer window and you're looking to try and improve this squad where the quality is there you're not going to bring in certain players I think like an Undembele maybe for the midfield or you know a delict to the defence I think now our aspect of recruitment and transfers in general it's completely changed to what it has ever used to be but I think just to kind of sum up on the matter Spurs do need to go out in January to bring a few bodies in and I cannot see how this Spurs team can keep on going on consistency wise in the league in the cups even in the Champions League or whether it be Europa League with this kind of squad we are picking up as you know so many injuries on what seems like a daily occurrence at the moment yeah, yeah I, I mean yeah, I think sorry. it's just down to the, the financial thing you know the, the players that would really improve the squad we kind of face a bidding war for each and every one if it's Ndombele if it's Delict, we know that we're in a bidding war other teams will break the fee other teams will pay the wages and most importantly other teams will pay the agent far more than Tottenham will yeah do, do you feel that you guys do you feel that um, the arrival of uh, Sissoko kind of impacted negatively on the on the wage structure of the club because you noticed a lot of players renegotiating their their wages, their salaries, everything like that. As soon as that that transfer was done and dusted, it, it sort of it, it seemed to create some sort of imbalance within the dressing room and a bit of a bit not a revolt per se, but there was a, there seemed to be a bit of a well I, I don't know how to put it really, but folk weren't happy. No, I, I don't think that. I mean, whatever Moussa Sissoko is, 55 caps for France, that's the type of salary you have to pay him. Uh, yeah, it, it certainly is. Andrew, we're going to have to leave it there, pal. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening. And do you know what? Give us a call next week. Give us a call a bit earlier, and I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll give you your own section. If you can dance, we'll give you your own section. Uh, let's cross over to the United States. We've got Cooper on the line. Evening, Cooper. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yes, hey, Cooper. Cooper. Hello, Cooper. Welcome back. All right, Coops. Hey, sorry, I keep calling in, you guys. No, it's don't, good, mate. Don't yeah, apologise, keep don't be coming, mad. keep don't calling. Be what you got for us this hey, week, uh, Coach? Sorry, I, I know I don't have a lot of time, so I'll make it quick. Um, I don't know if uh, you guys have talked about it. I haven't been able to listen to the show yet. 
but I was reading an article uh, earlier about Nikki Butt talking about Sir Alex Ferguson and how sometimes Sir Alex would say, no, you're not going on England duty this week. I was wondering if Potts is ever going to be able to learn that just going forward because I feel like Eric Dyer just coming back from injury, immediately he's in the England setup. And I mean, what's the point um, for him just to get injured again? I've got a take on it, and I've got to take that. Sir Alex Ferguson, um, and I don't want to say this in a negative, but I think he thought he was above any England manager and, and he could overrule any decision they made. I mean, you, you, you have players pulling out, and it's happened a lot in the Ireland squads as well, where they've, t- I mean, Steve Ireland, do you remember the dead grandmother thing? You know, he turns around and <laughs> said yeah. to everyone, his grandma died, and it was, it was all it a lie. The in-laws, yeah, it was, it was the wife's. No, no, it was a lie. Well, it was it? a lie. Yeah, yeah. His, his grandmother. I don't know what happened, but you know, I think Sir Alex Ferguson thought maybe he was above them, and he knew what was best. Um, if you if you read a couple of his books, a couple of his ex-pros books, Rio's book, um, you know, Rio and, and and a lot of the ex-pros talk about how Sir Alex Ferguson would sit there with the medical side and t- and turn around and go, well, mm, you know what, I'm I'm not sure you should go, and and he would make the call for them. So maybe it's a case of Pochettino sort of muscling up effectively and just turning around and go, no, I'm not risking my players. Lee. M- m- maybe that, but I think, you know, if you look at it from the other side, we can't have both bites of the cherry, you know, from a Spurs fan perspective, we don't want our players to go on England duty on the basis they get injured and so on and so forth, but from an England perspective, we want the best players in the squad, we're proud for, for from a Tottenham perspective to have uh, players in the squad. I think we, if we look at it from the player perspective, we've got to ask the question, do they want to play for England? And at the end of the day, Harry Kane, he's a captain of England, of course he wants to play. He wants to play every single game get as many caps Eric Dyer's probably the same Danny Rose Kieran Trippier Deli Alley Harry, Winks. Prob- Harry yeah. Winks they're all probably the same so you know it's not just a case of us as fans going oh you know please rest him you know potch man up it's also a case of actually the players turning around going well, what do you mean I can't play for England are you but having you- a laugh I, I want to play of course I want to play and so there's always a different side Jace just look at it as a positive as well Eric Dyer and Deli Alley have another 90 minutes to build their fitness up which will be valuable for Tottenham rather than having to be managed back into the squad so uh, you know that it can work in your favour just as much as it can go against you and I remember uh, that's a, f- a fantastic point actually Jace because I don't know if you remember this Coots but a couple of uh, couple of seasons ago it might have been last season when Harry Kane got injured and there was an international break and he did get minutes to get that back in that, that fitness back in so it's, it is a very difficult one um, you know and <laughs> the fact is if no Tottenham players were in the England squad we'd all be sitting and you'd be ringing up saying or you know we'd be having a, a show saying well, oh, why none squad. of our players in the squad so it's a t- it's a catch twenty two, Cooper. To be fair, yeah, that makes sense. I agree with you guys. Yeah, thank you very much, Cooper. What do you reckon the scores gonna be Saturday, pal? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I said, what do you reckon the score is going to be on Saturday? Very quickly, pal. Uh, against Palace, 2-1 us. Kane scores both. Yeah. Yeah. Cooper with Come on, the, uh, Cooper with the optimism. Thanks for calling in, Cooper. Uh, good to have you on board once again. Ricky? Yeah, well, should we do quick predictions then for this one? Let's Palace? Let's, Let's have your it. burritos. I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. Kane hat-trick. Really? It's on the cards for you, Rick? On the cards for me. Really? Okay, it's decent. I'll go 1-0 Tottenham. He's oh. going for the trend, Six. the 1-0. 1-0 in Six a row. successive 1-0 win. I, I actually think I actually do think that we're we're concede because that's that's kind of where we're at at the moment. But I do think we'll win the game, and I am actually going to pick three one mm. um, uh, as well. But I actually do think Deli Ali will score. 
So, is your younger space? brother going to be in goal or Hugo Lloris being goal? Uh, my younger brother, uh, Gaz and Eager. Um, oh, it'd be Hugo Lloris all day long, but uh, Gaz is now pushing him. I think there was another qu- uh, listener question. We ain't got through all the questions this week, unfortunately, yes. but I do think that he can push Lloris now. Gaz and Eager. Come on, there, Gaz and Eager. I'm going for a 2 2. 2 2? Yeah. You're going for a Desmond? I'm going for a Desmond. You're man. going for a Desa. You want a Desmond. Let me tell you something. I want a bit of excitement. Let me, let me tell you something about your boys. You're going to get absolutely ruined against Man City. No, we're not. <laughs> we're going to win the league. Thank Come you. On you <laughs> Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you for joining me. It's the Tottenham Hotspur fan chat on Love Sport. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.